brought to you by the students at Mary Persons High School in conjunction with MPTV. This is Monroe County Schools Radio, exclusively on Magic 100 FM. This is Abby Pollock with MPTV. I'm here with Coach Kyle, who is the head coach of the varsity cheer team here. How long have you been coaching our varsity competition cheer team? Uh, good morning, first of all, and um, I'm glad to be on the show, and um, I'm excited to have the opportunity to, uh, to uh, let everyone know about our cheer program, and, you know, um, I think it's an awesome job. I think these girls work really hard, just like all the other sports. And so it's exciting to get the chance to speak with you. But I have been coaching at Mary Persons. This is going on my sixth, uh, sixth year with them, sixth season. Mm-hmm. I also teach um, at T.G. Scott Elementary as well. So I've been there six years also. With entering a new region in classification, how has this change affected the team and your coaching style? Um, it really haven't, hasn't changed much at all. Um, you know, I think the biggest thing that me as a coach had to do is figure out our new competitors, but, you know, cheerleading is strictly an offensive type of sport. There's really no defense involved. So there's, there's, you know, knowing about your competitors is really not going to help you much. Um, You know, with the way cheerleading works is all you're doing is the best that your particular team can do that season. Uh, What skills do they have and how can you put them together? So knowing the other teams doesn't really do you any good. Now, me personally, it's, it's a way that I can kind of give a realistic goal for our team. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, if I know that there's teams in our region or teams in the state level that are just far better than we are as regards to skills, then I can go ahead and give them that expectation and let them know that, hey, guys, we're not necessarily shooting for a state championship this year. We're probably shooting more for being a region champ and being top five. And so um, those type of things about knowing your, your competitors is good to know. And this year, all those competitors change, all those other teams change. You know, we entered a new classification in a new region. And so all that completely changed for us uh, at the region level. I don't know if it's going to hurt us any. Um, uh, the last three years have kind of got to the top of our region and kind of stayed there. And I know you'll talk about that in a little bit, but you know, hopefully we can continue to do the same. So I don't know if it, the, the new classifications regions changes there at the state level. It has because we got classified lower. So for example, this, this last year we got fourth at state and number one, number two, and number three moved up to five A classifications. So in theory, we would be ranked number one in state if we mm-hmm. stayed in 4A. And 3A, number one and number, uh, number two moved to a new classification in 3A, but number three did not. So number one and number three stayed there. And they're both uh, good teams with good programs. And so I foresee them also being good teams with good programs moving forward. Mm-hmm. So preparing-wise, we just kind of mentally prepared the girls that we've got some you know, tough battles at the state level. You know, We have some tough contenders. But in regards of coaching style, we're just going to keep plugging forth, doing what we can do and um, trying to, uh, you know, do the best we can do with the skills that we have and the girls we have. The past three years, you've had top five finishes in state and back-to-back-to-back champions, like you just said. How does that guide you for setting goals for this season for your team? You know, when you, when you start winning more than you're losing, um, that's a great thing, of course. Yeah. <laughs> but, it, but it also uh, puts a level of pressure on everyone. Mm-hmm. When you're, when you're not doing, when you're not as successful, as far as you're not winning as, you know, you're not always winning competitions and then you're not winning the region. When that, when, when you're, when you're not winning, 
then there's no pressure on you. I mean, yeah, you want to win, but no one's expecting it. However, when you, when you win the first time and then you win the second time and you win the third time, then it becomes an expectation, which is good. I believe that's a good expectation. In, in life, when you start doing well in life, you should continue to expect to do well. The pressure's not just on me, it's on the girls also. Uh, but I think they're, they're excited for that. I think they like the pressure and, and it, 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 uh, I think pressure and, and competition breeds results. And so those girls knowing that they have that pressure also gives them the ability to know what the expectation is. And so moving forward, the expectation is to continue to do well. Mm -hmm. um, even with a new region, a new classification, uh, we have Upson Lee in our region. We have uh, Crisp County in our region and we have America Sumter in our region. Um, I believe that's on the only three other teams. And then we're the fourth team uh, that compete competitive cheerleading. Um, last year and when we were in the other region, it was only Perry and West Lawrence in our region. So um, we, don't very, we don't really have a large region. You know, it's not like they're all nine or 10 teams compete competitive mm -hmm. cheerleading. All nine or 10 teams has sideline cheerleading, but not all of them have the ability to uh, put together a competition team. And Upson Lee is brand new this year. They, they kind of stepped away for a few years and has joined back the competitive. So um, we're looking forward to the, at the region level. Mm -hmm. And um, hopefully we'll, um, we have the skills and the ability to, to I think, to be another region champ. Um, the, but the way the cheerleading is, is we can win every competition and just like football, go to their, the next game and lose it. So yeah. um, there, there's, no, there's no guarantee in any sports. And so hopefully we'll, we'll work hard and, and um, breed some consistency and that will help us get to the next level and, and winning a, a fourth region yeah. title. <laughs> and I like that. I think it's going to be good for the kids. Mm -hmm. uh, to be honest with you, I've got eight seniors this year and um, all eight of them have been some of the biggest reasons why we have won the first region. And then they were sophomores and won the second region. And then they were juniors and won the third region. So I think it'd be great for them if we can finish out being a, uh, a four-time yeah. you know, region champ for great. them. So mm -hmm. that's awesome. But yeah, we're looking forward to it. Mm -hmm. With COVID-19, your sport has been pushed to a winter sport. Tell us how this has made things different than previous years. Cause you're normally a fall sport. That's right? correct. That's correct. Um, it, you know, other than just, you know, just changing the timeline, it really hasn't done much. Um, normally, the first week of the second week of November, we'd be completely finished with competitive cheerleading. Um, and so now we're literally just starting. I think they had their first, first competitions throughout the state. Teams choose to host competitions when they're allowed to. But me as a team gets to choose when they want to go to those competitions. And so we, we're not going into the first week of December. But other teams have been competing as early as last weekend or technically two weekends ago. So, um, so it's kind of – it all started – the season started when it would normally end. Um, we, as Mary Persons, as my program, what we've done is we kind of paused everything. Uh, we still had a few practices where we worked on sideline stuff, like getting mm -hmm. ready for a football game that night or that Friday night and did a little bit of competitive stuff. But we didn't do – like we didn't still practice four days a week. Um, I was just didn't want to burn the kids out. Mm -hmm. I didn't want to, um, you know, if, if you work them too hard, they could, you know, you can have people, you know, with hurt bodies and, and with COVID being a major concern, I didn't want to, you know, risk us going to practice a lot and someone catching COVID and, and mm -hmm. it, it, it being a problem. So I think the biggest thing, the biggest hurdle that we have to work around is we have what we call all-star cheerleading, which is kind of like club baseball or club soccer and all-star mm -hmm. season is always after the state cheer season. 
And so right now we're in the middle of all-stars or the beginning of all-star season, which has now become the beginning of high school cheerleading. And so working around the scheduling, I think I've got like six girls on my team that compete all-star cheerleading. And so there were some weekends that I would probably had preferred to go to a competition that we had to kind of say, no, we have to kind of work around uh, all-star season because those girls, you know, were sharing the same athletes. So uh, that was kind of the biggest biggest adjustment for me was normally I have every weekend and I can just choose what's works best for our schedule. I just had to be mindful of when they were competing as well. Cause we can't have them in two places at the same time, but get, I, I think they're excited. I think the girls are, I think they're happy about this. I, we were thankful that it's just canceled the season. I mean, that could have been a possibility. So we're just, we're just hoping and praying that nothing continues to happen as far as major cases is concerned. Mm-hmm. Cheerleading is different because it's, it's, it's an indoor sport. Um, there is not much social distancing that can go on. A lot of their concerns from Georgia High School Association was not the fact that they were competing or being close together, is in cheerleading, you house at a competition, you might have 25 schools competing at that competition. And that means you're having to house 25 schools fans in one gymnasium. Mm -hmm. And so that's where the concern comes in. Because like Mary Persons Gymnasium, they're only only wanting to sit, you know, 30% of capacity. Well, that means about, that's about 450 fans in the stands at one time. That's not many fans in regards that normally a competition will house 1,200, 1,500 fans. And so that was the biggest concern was how are we going to actually have competitions and do it safely? And I think now that they're hoping that the, um, we all understand COVID a little bit better and can host competitions, they're going to, instead of having like 20 teams in one session, they're going to make them much smaller. So we'll compete and it might only be 3A, 3A and 4A competing. And that might consist of 13 teams, mm-hmm. which means you only have 13 teams worth of fans. Of course, competing in masks and things like that. We're, it's not mandatory that we wear masks. It's suggested that we wear masks when we're like going through warmups and going through things. But when it comes to actual time when the girls step on the floor and do their performance, we won't be wearing masks unless, uh, unless Georgia high school mandates it. It's just as, to us, it's more of a safety concern. If that mask gets pushed over your face or your yeah. eyes while you're tumbling, it just becomes a, a concern. So yeah. we've not really had any major issues in, in the, as far as our competitive team with COVID issues. And so we'll keep our fingers crossed that we won't as, the, you you know, <laughs> as we continue. So This season, you have eight seniors set to graduate, like you talked about earlier. How yep. are you preparing the newcomers on this team to be able to fill those spots next year? I don't think there is a good way to prepare them. I think they learn from experience. I feel like they'll learn from what, how these girls represent themselves and how they step up as leaders so that when those underclassmen move up into the next grade level, they kind of see how it is. Four years ago, I was super excited because I was going to have, you know, I had like 10 freshmen coming up that were varsity level material. That was great, but I knew that that was going to be a double-edged sword because in four years, yeah. I was going to lose 10 people. Um, and we're, we're at eight now. And so regardless, you know, when we lose those eight next year, there's going to be tough shoes to fill, not because necessarily they're that good. Mm-hmm. I mean, there are great athletes and I, and I, and I, and I'm thankful for that, but more so that there's so many of them, yeah. you know, I mean, with, with anything, if you lose that many amount of seniors, you're hoping that you have enough um, underclassmen slash JV girls that can step up. And then same thing with middle school. You hope you have a few girls from the middle school level that can step up and, and make it as a, make a varsity level team as a freshman. So um, I just hope and pray that these girls can see their work ethic and can um, uh, learn from, you know, seeing them this year 
but I, I think, I think so, you know, and as a coach, that's the challenge of coaching and that's the good and the bad. That's the, I like having teams that aren't necessarily super talented one year because when you get them to the next level, you as a coach felt like you were successful. You know what I mean? Yeah. I've got a group of girls this year that are, that have been with me so long that if I got put out for COVID, I could bring another coach in here and they could continue because they're that experienced. I feel like That's they great. are. I feel like they understand my expectations that I have set forth. And I feel like there's enough of them that literally if we went to state and for some reason I got pulled out for whatever reason, that they would still be just as successful without me um, than they are with me. When we get to that level, we're not quite there yet. As far as a routine, we're still learning and we're still plugging. We're still making changes. Mm -hmm. But when you get ready to compete, you, you're ready to go. And, yeah. uh, and week to week, we make changes. One week, we might see something that's not very good and it didn't look as good as we wanted. And we'll make a, a change to that. Or these mm -hmm. formations were sloppy moving or, or these motions in the dance, we cannot get clean. And so as a coach, that's where we're consistently making changes mm -hmm. and, um, and doing things. But um, when we get to that point, I think those girls will know how to step up and, and that's how good they are. So hopefully we can, can breed enough of those underclassmen that can do the same thing next year. What has been the most rewarding part of coaching this team? You know, this is a, this is a fun thing because I was telling my wife something the other day that it's not just the seniors, of course, because I think there are a lot of underclassmen and freshmen, sophomore, junior that bring just as much joy to the team. Mm -hmm. But um, having these group of girls for, for, for such a long period of time, it kind of makes it weird to even think about what life's going to be without them. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, what, what practice is going to be like without those silly faces and voices and, 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 and hard work and all those things. So I built such a relationship with so many of these girls inside of cheerleading and outside of cheerleading that it's, it's also, it's pretty cool to, uh, to see them enjoy life and see them growing up through life. Yeah. I mean, see a girl or an athlete as a freshman to see them as a senior, they're two different people, yeah. you know, and you got to witness that. Um, and you know, I do have a, uh, I like to think that my wife and myself and our family um, has a good relationship with the majority of them. So it's going to be super cool to see all the, the freshmen become seniors eventually. And then these seniors go to college. And I mean, I kid with them all the time that, you know, I have, I have four young kids. I joke with them about saying, Hey, one of my girl, her name is one of my daughters, his name is Mary. And she's uh, six years old. And I said, y'all before Mary is a teenager, most of you will be married with kids. And that kind of like brings everyone, you know, same with you, Abby. You got to think, you know, within six years, you'll probably be graduated college. What are you a senior, Abby? Is that correct? Yes. <laughs> so, you know, within six years, you got to think you'll be probably graduated college. And statistically, most people meet their significant other in, in, in that college age time. You know, most people are having kids, you know, in that time. So it's, it's just, it's a cool, it's a really strange experience to think about that you know, before you know it, it, it you know, life is going to continue to change and there's going to be a, a awesome chapters in it. So we're, we're super excited. And, I, and that's, that's a good memory that I like to have is be able to share, uh, continue to share life experiences with these, with these uh, athletes. And so that's cool. Yeah. But well, yeah, so yeah, the questions that I had, if you have anything else you want to say, feel free. And then yeah. sure, sure. Um, well, no, I, I think that you've hit a lot of the good spots and, you know, most people, watch football on TV, right? They mm -hmm. go to football games. Most people know baseball because they grew up watching it, you know? Yeah. Um, but cheerleading, competitive cheerleading is so much different and, and it has gotten a lot more recognition over the years. You know, people your age, when you think of competitive cheerleading, you, you can visually know what you see on the internet or what you see, but it's taken us a long time to get to that point. For so many years, when you say cheerleading, most people just relate what they see on the sidelines, which is a, an important component, which is, 
I think one of our most important components, and that's why even my girls, they, they like to cheer on Friday nights and, and, and they would probably cheer a lot of the games if, if we had the time. But the reality is, is we, we try to spend more of our time focusing on the competitive stuff. So we have a, a separate team that, that, that focuses on, on Friday nights. And so, but most of our fans, especially people of my age and, and my generation, when you say competitive cheerleading, they don't really know. They, they don't know of, of the, the, the tumbling that's expected and the stunning and all those athletic components that are, that are there. And so I'm excited that we're getting to a point in society where competitive cheerleading is getting to be known so that people can recognize it, that we just don't come and sit around and, and play on mats and then put together a little, you know, a cute little routine. These, these, the expectation for these girls to be hardworking athletes at least for me, because I've wrestled and I played baseball and I've done a lot of other things that, um, that the expectation is for you to come and work hard. Mm -hmm. And so I like, I like that I've hopefully been able to teach these girls um, and they've learned and taught me a lot about what hard work is and what mm -hmm. commitment is and what dedication is, is because, you know, I don't care if you're playing tennis or soccer or anything else, coaches want their athletes to work hard mm -hmm. and to uh, grow uh, because those are, those are life lesson skills. Those are skills that when you become an, emplo uh, an employer, excuse me, an employee, that your employer is going to want you to work hard at what you do and be committed to what you do. And so athletics, I feel like, are great, great tools that we use to help uh, teach our community members. And, you know, eventually um, some of my cheerleaders will, will come back and maybe live in Forsyth and they're going to be part of our community. They're going to be adults that we have to uh, to work with and we hope that we taught them to be good adults and be good working hard-working individuals that make goals and 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 work hard to come to and be committed to achieve those goals so it was good talking with you thanks for yeah, having thank us thank you for joining me that's okay have a great rest of your day and i thank wish you. you guys a great season and yeah. thank you all right, so all right of course all right goodbye bye My name is uh, Coach Lamar McElhaney. I coach girls basketball here at Mary Persons. Truthfully, I never saw myself as a girls basketball coach. Um, Kirk Green was here before and Stewart coached, coached many, many years, longer than I've been alive. And um, he knew he was going to retire soon. And he said, hey, Coach Mack, you need to come on over to my assistant. And when I retire, you can have a job. I said, man, I've never seen myself wanting to coach basketball for girls. And he used to stay on me, stay on me, stay on me. You can learn it. It's all the same on different kids, boys here, girls there. And I was always against it. But um, knowing what I know now, I, I feel like I should have maybe left the boy side and went to the girl side of, if I knew I was going to actually take the job. But um, I was offered a job, and at first I was still on the no train or I was real hesitant about taking it because I had never had any experience coaching girls. And, and um kind of wish I had a little bit more now, but here we are. But um, I end up taking it, and it's, it's been great. I, I actually enjoy it. I feel I feel it's a little bit harder to connect with girls than it is boys from a coaching aspect, but I do feel like uh, girls and their personalities are much easier to coach than boys. So I'm, I'm happy with the decision that I made, and, and I'm having fun. Year number four. When I was coaching boys, or even just I'm coaching football, how aggressive or how loud or, or, or how tough I can, I, I can 
push myself on the guys. I can't do that with girls. I have to tone back. And I'm I'm finding the balance, but I still struggle sometimes on on I guess how hard I coach them and figuring out how hard I can coach this girl versus the next girl. Because with boys, you could almost coach almost every one of them just as tough as you coach the next one. With girls, it's totally different because of personalities, um, how they act, how they respond, or uh, just being a girl in, in general, how um, how they'll shut down and kind of waver on to the side. I'm still finding that balance. This is my ninth year. Uh, at Mary Person High School is actually my only job I've ever had out of college, and I love it here. And this is my fourth year, going into my fourth year coaching girls basketball. I'm from Fort Valley, Georgia. I went to Fort Valley State my first two years of college. Uh, so I, essentially I stayed home the first two years. And afterwards, I always knew that I was going to transfer from Fort Valley because I needed to go to a, I wanted to get away from home, and I felt like I needed to go to a bigger school. So after my first two years at Fort Valley, I transferred to Georgia State in downtown Atlanta, the real GSU for the Georgia Southern people. Uh, and I loved every bit about that. And I graduated in 2010 with the undergrad in health and physical education. And the following semester, I took a semester off. And that following January of 2011, I started my master's degree at Albany State University. And I graduated from there in 2012, May of 2012. And I started working here and I've been here ever since. And then in 2016, I think, I started my specialist. And I actually converted over. I had an undergrad and master's in health and physical ed. And I have, now I have my specialist from Piedmont University in curriculum and instruction. And um, now I can go in the classroom if I ever wanted to. But I love what I do in the gym. Your goals are to always be better than you were the year before. And in our case, we won six games last year. So first and foremost, we want to actually win more games than we did last year. Um, but now last year was a historic year for us, even with six wins, because my first year we won three games. My second year we won zero games. And my third year we won six. So in the grand scheme, we won a total of six games, which is more than we had won the previous two years. So that was a, a high point for us. And the girls really fed off of that. And we kind of had some adversity last year, but I mean, what team won't, wouldn't? And um, this year is going to be a little bit tougher with COVID and restrictions and uh, now missing a few girls because, uh, because of COVID. They're um, sitting the season out, which is absolutely fine, which is always the motto of next man up or next woman up. So we have to, uh, I guess, have a few more obstacles or ballast that we would have this year than we normally would. But I'm, I'm feeling good as to where we are right now in relation to where we're going. Because we're still young, but I do feel that we're much more faster and we'll be much more aggressive than we have been in the previous three years. So, uh, long story short, let's just win one more game than we did last year. So the goal is seven, but we want to play better and look better and more importantly, feel better with what we're doing and where we're going. On the team now, I only have two seniors. Only one of those girls, um, is a four-year player. The other one is this is her third year ever playing. So, um, if to be a, to be fair on an assessment, to grade that one senior that I've actually coached her entire high school career, um, I feel like she's made some strides to where uh, she's gotten better every year. But 
I feel like this year uh, will be the tell-all to see if she has that breakout year that we've been been hoping and wanting and seeing if she can actually lead because that'll be a true testament to us as a program um, from a developmental standpoint of having a, a player from year one to year four and you can actually go back and check film, check stats on um, the direction that that one player is going. But from everybody else, being in year number four, these would be those 10th grade girls. They're my fourth year coaching them in a sense. Now, in middle school, I didn't quote unquote coach them, but for a lot of the year, they would, middle school would practice with the high school. So I know them, they know me, how I operate, what I want, my expectations. So I could, I could grade some of the 10th graders on where they are now in relation to where they were. But I mean, middle school and high school, it, it varies greatly. So it probably won't be fair to them. My middle school teams will only play up. They played JV the entire summer. They played very few middle school teams. So um, that speed was faster than they are accustomed to, but I think it was good for them. But an eighth grader coming to play a varsity basketball game, uh, it's nothing they, that they've ever seen before. So um, speed is totally different. Height, size, weight, aggressiveness, skill. I mean, you can go down the line, but I think the biggest thing would be the, the speed of the game. Have to uh, think about refs. Uh, going somewhere as far as Crips County or Americans will be, we'll have refs officiating that we've never even seen before. Don't know their style. They don't know us. So uh, we'll probably be a little bit behind because of how much we can maybe talk, argue for us, get away with, with refs that we know versus going into a new environment where you kind of have to walk on eggshells or fill it out. But as far as the teams, we're coming from a region where we had to play Spalding twice a year, which was a team that won a state championship and competed for two others. And we were in that region with them for the previous three years or the three years that I've been coaching. But now going to a team, uh, a region with a team, uh, American something, the team that won a state championship last year. So uh, on the top end, I think it's still the same by having state championship caliber team or a state championship caliber team in that region. But in on the low end, I can't really say because uh, it is so new and I don't have film and I don't know what they do or what they run. So this would be a, a trying year in that aspect of it being new. But I, the same thing I'm saying now, it's the same thing that's going to apply to other teams because we're going to be new to them also. So maybe it works in our favor. If not, we just have to work a little bit harder. Pike will now be in our region. And uh, we did play Pike once last year, but in the previous three years, we've, we've never played them. So that'll uh, be a new team. We will play American Sumter. We'll play Chris County. Those are two furthest away opponents. We also picked up uh, Central Macon. So they're relatively close, but we've never played them since I've been the head girls basketball coach. So uh, four teams, uh, oh, oh, I'm sorry, in Peach County, my alma mater. Oh, we know about tough. Like I said, winning three games and winning zero. I mean, I don't know if it get any worse or tougher than that, but uh, just try to rally them up and, and, and I try to drill into them to the feeling that they feel winning three games, the feeling that they feel winning zero games or how they feel after a, a tough loss or just losing a lot in general. And I mean, losing is never fun, but I hope that uh, that's the best experience in, in life is, is losing or what could, have I, what, could I, what could I have done better or how can I do better to uplift my teammates or carry them on or help them elevate their game. So I, I try to understand, help them understand to take more ownership of their faults and flaws and how it can relate to, to them as individuals to, to make 
to make their game better and the people around them better. Find a way or make a way. Thank you for tuning in to Monroe County Schools Radio, exclusively on Magic 100 FM. Have a great week. Remember to be a champ. And as always, go dogs. The thoughts expressed in this segment represent Monroe County Schools.